0: Welcome to the Multiply Your Success podcast, where each week we help growth-minded entrepreneurs and franchise leaders take the next step in their expansion journey. I'm your host, Tom Dufour, CEO of Big Sky Franchise Team, and as we open today, I'm wondering if you're struggling to find top talent or maybe to keep and retain the great talent that you have. And if you are, if this is the situation you're in, you're not alone, and I think this very well may be the biggest challenge facing organizations and businesses around the country today. And if you find yourself in this situation or you're maybe just looking to figure out a way to better manage your staff and team, this episode is for you. Our guest today is Danielle Mulvey, who went from being a flight attendant to bu- building a business enterprise, grossing more than $50 million a year in annual revenue. She shares with us how she built the five-star rating system and how you can use it in finding and retaining five-star employees. She's also partners and, with, and co-authoring a book with Mike Michalowicz, uh, who is the author of The Profit First System. And he was a guest on our, on our podcast back at episode 23. So if you haven't listened to episode 23, we included that link in the show notes. And you're going to love this interview with Danielle where she talks all about the five-star employee rating system and how you can use it in your business. So let's go ahead and jump into my interview with Danielle Mulvey.
1: I am Danielle Mulvey, the chief curator and president of the All In Company, um, but I'm also a former flight attendant turned like multiple business entrepreneur. So I actually, All In is one of my businesses. We have um, a total of five businesses that do over $50 million a year in annual revenue. Um, so uh, I don't want to just kind of, the, the All In Company is a bit of my my my, my newest company, so.
0: Wow. What a story. You jammed a lot in a, such a short sentence. That sounds like a, a, maybe a separate podcast interview, uh, for us to talk about your whole background from, from flight attendant to, you know, running all of these businesses. That's impressive.
1: Yeah. Well, funny thing is it'll, it'll all make sense at the end.
0: <laughs> Great. Well, uh, where I was hoping to start with you and really one of the things that, that when, when, uh, Uh, when preparing for the interview that came across uh, my desk here, was this idea about five-star employees. And you talk a lot about that on your website and with some of what you're doing. So I'd love for us just to start there. How do you define five-star employees?
1: Yeah, so a five-star employee represents the top 15% of available talent in the market for the given rate, which statistically means that one out of seven candidates um, is a five-star potential employee. So what's funny is is that um, most businesses settle for average, ho hum, maybe even worse uh, in terms of employees. And those would we would we would define as the one, two, or three-star employees. And um, so when you recruit and hire employees, you, it's a numbers game. You to st- you would really need to have twenty-one applicants to net. Three potential five-star candidates if they represent the top 15% of available talent out of the 21 applicants that you have. So it 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 what I find most businesses struggle with is they struggle to attract the five-star candidates and um and and then they tend to settle for average ho-hum or worse employees instead of really just focusing on what do I need to do to attract the five-star candidate? Um, And then how do I hire and retain that, that five-star employee? Because I mean, you know, from a, from a dollar perspective and from a profitability perspective, a five-star employee, one five-star employee does the work of two or three, one, two or three-star employees. So, you know, and, and you're paying the same rate, whether they're a five-star employee or a three-star employee. So, I mean, you're, you're, doubling your payroll expenses when you have one, two, and three-star employees on your payroll instead of five-star employees. So it's it's all numbers, all numbers.
0: Well, that's, that's fantastic. And uh, so just by way of diving a little deeper into these five-star employees, you talk about 11 traits that five-star yep. employees have. So would you mind talking through what We probably don't have time to go through all 11, but what some of those highlights are.
1: Yeah. So in the five-star employee rating system, there are five criteria uh, that you go through in terms of objectively rating talent. I mean, again, you know, there's several problems. There's not just one problem with recruiting, hiring, and retaining five-star employees. But another big problem is most businesses tend to, um, you know, just go ad hoc, um, off the cuff, on the fly, they're Googling questions to ask, and they don't really know how to assess, objectively assess a candidate. And so the five-star rating system allows them to do that. And one of the criteria in the five-star employee rating system are the 11 universal qualities of a five-star employee. So we've identified 11 universal qualities, and you know, no matter what the role or the position is, I mean, these are like every five-star employee should have these universal qualities regardless of role. And um, so three of them are, well, let me back up a little bit. Out of the 11, two are coded green, which means they're relatively easy to change. So if someone scores low and it's a green one, then okay, that's fine. It's kind of like they don't know what they don't know. So that's easy to fix. Uh, There are two that are coded red and these are like red flags and sirens should be going off saying abort, omission, abort, omission, because these are red flags that are very difficult to change in a person. And so if someone is demonstrating these these red flag qualities, you want to just say, no, thank you, we'll move on to the next candidate. And then the rest are coded gray, which means that if the person's not quite meeting what you're, you know, where, where you want them to be in terms of scoring for that in the interview process, those are areas for improvement, and you know if you're ready to go all in on your employees and really develop them, um, then then you know you you can help them get through these and, and improve um, improve these qualities. So the three I'm going to just kind of give you examples of is uh, the first one is a green one, and that is learn. Um, and you know what's funny is is as as entrepreneurs and as business owners and even as managers. You know, we are like sponges. We love to learn. Like we're in industry groups, we're all over the place, and it's real easy for us to pick up new things. But employees are, you know, kind of a, a different a different breed, and you know, they may be new to the industry, they may have not had a great mentor in their life, et cetera. And so, learning is 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 an easy thing to fix. And you know, most most people have a have a have a thirst for learning and such. So if you have an employee who's a little green, never worked in the industry before, et cetera, you know, it, it if you kind of just give them some breadcrumbs about, you know, places to go to get more information, great podcast episodes, great books to, li- to listen to or read, um, you know, that's, that's, that's how you can improve that learning in that employee. The two red flags. So these are the ones that you want to know. Um, and the first one is a limber. Please don't use the word flexibility on your job postings cuz you're you're not you're looking for limber. You're not looking for flexible. And employees are looking for flexibility and that's different than the limber, okay? So let me let me break it down. When I'm talking that you want a limber employee, you want someone who is amenable to change. Someone who is open to growth and someone who um you know, can, can can zig when you say zig and zag when you say zag. And uh, they're not rigid. They are the opposite of rigid. They are limber, loose. They are willing to do what it takes. All right. And uh, the second red quality is um, listening. And when we talk about listening, we talk about listening with all senses, not just audio listening, but in the way that they comprehend things. You know, I mean, um, it, the the way that they read things, the way that they observe things, it's, it's, it's using all of their senses. And I did an interview back in March of a candidate. And we were only about three minutes into the interview. And I was just like, she hasn't really answered the questions I've asked. Hmm. Let me, let me kind of like dial this back a little bit. And this was like a basic screening interview. And so, um, I kind of went a little bit slower and, just more, more, very intentional with the questioning, and then about the five and a half minute mark, I'm like, she's not listening. She's not a listener. So at that point, I said, you know, thank you so much for your time and your application. I just don't think that this is going to be a great fit for us. Thank you so much. Have a great day. I wasn't going to waste my time. Like she didn't meet one of the one of the eleven qualities. She she was not a, a good listener. And so at that point, I needed to just. You know, say we're going to move on in separate directions. Uh, and I find, you know, sometimes people feel an obligation, like I need to, you know, finish this interview. It was scheduled for thirty minutes. It's like, no, you don't, because that's you're you're treading into danger zone. Because then you start talking yourself into the candidate when clearly they're the wrong candidate. And if they are truly the wrong candidate, then why waste your time and why waste their time leading them on to something that's not true? So rip the band-aid off, shut down the interview and move on to your next candidate. So, um, but you know, the, we, we won't get through all the 11 qualities, but we do have a four minute exercise that, um, goes through the 11 qualities that you can do really quickly. And what's cool about it is you test um, the eleven qualities against your like most favorite or one of your best employees, and then you then you then you do the litmus test against one of your least favorite or your worst employees ever. And when you see just using this basic uh, eleven qualities, it's like okay, wow, yeah, that guy was. Uh, I see what the problem was and such. So, um, and if you want to get that, you can just text never settle as one word to. Uh, Four one one three two one. That's never settled as one word to four one one three two one, and then um, we also have the whole, um, you know, five star employee rating system in there. But I'm sorry, I feel like I'm monopolizing. But we can we can hit the other five criteria if you want as well, Tom.
0: No, this this has been great. So I think this is a great a great initial starting point and overview here. And one of the questions that popped up, and by the way, I, I recommend it. it sounds like a great guide. I, I know after our interview, I will be going to download this and and run this exercise on, on our team. Uh, and one of the questions I'm wondering about is, this is great in screening current new incoming people, but I'm not starting from ground zero, probably like someone who's going to be listening in. They have a team and they have people. And let's say they run through and they do this exercise and they recognize, you know, I've got some five stars. I've got some three stars and two stars and one stars. You know, what happens if you find that you have maybe a staff or team member or two and they're a two star or a three star? What do you do with these people? Can you can people like change their star rating?
1: So you know, it, it, depends upon the role. So, um, I mean, let me, uh, let me tell you, for example, I'm a, I could get a hired as a bookkeeper tomorrow. I could go out, knock on any accounting firm store and I could start tomorrow as a bookkeeper, but you know what? I would be a two-star bookkeeper, but I'm a five-star entrepreneur. Um, so, so when someone is a two-star, it is specific to the role and not the necessarily the individual. So a couple of things there. And, and we've seen this with, with other business owners that we've worked with in and such. And, and sometimes the person is the right person. They're just in the wrong seat to, you know, use Jim Collins phrasing. Um, and so it just might be the wrong role. And so, you know, we've seen sometimes where it's like, okay, they, you know, they have the 11 qualities, absolutely. But then when we get to the attitudes and skills required for the role, which is an, another criteria in the five-star employee rating system where you get really specific. So we have a list of almost 30 aptitudes and then, um, and then, and then you bring in skills testing specific to the role that someone's filling. And, um, so it varies the aptitudes and skills vary by role. And it's very specific to the role, but, um, you know, that's typically where they're kind of missing things sometimes. And, and if they're missing things in the aptitudes and skills, well then they just might not be in the right role and they need a different role that requires different aptitudes and skills because they have the 11 qualities. Um, They share the core values of the organization, which is another, that really it's the foundation of the five-star employee rating system. You know, Business owners are always like, oh, if only I could just clone myself. Well, you can, and you can do it by making sure that the people that you hire are aligned with your core values because if they're aligned with your core values, they think and act like you. It's almost like they're they're infused with your DNA when you guys are aligned in core values.
0: Oh uh, yeah, I I think you're you're spot on there. And just thinking of staff on our team and other uh, companies I've worked with and worked for and so on, where you have those great uh, superstar team members that are just that you know that they're going to be aligned on those 11 traits. I, I think it's great. Um, one question I had for you is a lot of our clients and people we work with, they're in the franchising business. Mm-hmm. And so how could maybe a franchisor help incorporate this to support franchisees? Or uh, how, how do you see that fitting in?
1: Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. I mean, it, this is this is made for franchises um, because franchises are run by processes and systems and that's how there's consistent uh, consistency in the operations of the business it's the franchisee is not expected to just create things from scratch. and so what's interesting is I mean this is really the first time that there is a true process and system, for objectively recruiting, hiring, and retaining five star employees, so it definitely plugs into any franchise model. Um, and you know, this is this has evolved because of my my business partner, um, I'm the host of Profit First Nation uh, with Mike McCallowitz, the author of Profit First. And in working with entrepreneurs, he's he's written several books, and we're collaborating on his next next book, which will be called All In: How to Recruit, Hire and five-star employees or how to get your employees to act like owners was kind of still on the subtitle, the, the, the subtitle phase. But, um, when we work with entrepreneurs in profit first, we found that most businesses with, you know, 10 or more employees, a million dollars or more in real revenue, their, their biggest struggle to profitability was in their payroll. They had overinflated payrolls. Their expenses and payroll were too high because they had too many one, two, and three-star employees instead of having one five-star employee doing the work of the two or three one or two three two three-star employees. Sorry, bungled that a little bit, but um, yeah. So so it was kind of like okay, and so when we talked to them about like okay here's, here's the problem. Like your payroll just is out of whack with your total revenue, your real revenue, your business operations, et cetera. And it was just like, okay, but if I let them go, like, how am I going to like not make that same mistake? And how am I? And so, so then this kind of became a collaboration because what's funny is, is, you know, I talk about owning all these businesses that do tens of millions of dollars in revenue. But the funny thing is, is that I only spend 10 hours a week overseeing the operation. So I have five-star employees who can do the work better than me. So I just have to oversee things. I have daily vitamin C meetings with uh, the different companies. Uh, and, and, you know, kind of that's where I get a good pulse of what's going on and make sure that, you know, everything is is rolling and cranking and such. Um but that's kind of like that's that's the big secret. And Mike and I have known each other and run in the same entrepreneurial circles for years. But you know, when I started my first company at the ripe old age of 25, I was lucky with my first couple of hires. But my hiring strategy was to hire people younger than me because if if I did, I didn't know what I was doing, and if they were younger than me, then if I was screwing up, they would have no idea I was screwing up because this was their first job. I mean, brilliant, right? But um, I, I, I realized after like my fifth hire, who was a disaster and just made me want to call in sick on a Monday morning. I'm like, can I call in sick to my own company? Like I did not want to deal with this guy. And that was really my, my turning And, and where I drew the line in the sand and I said, no more, I've got to go all in. I've got to really figure this out because this is making me miserable. And so you know, over 20 years ago, I've just been on this path of, 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 of growing companies and creating, you know, a process and systems around recruiting, hiring and retaining five-star employees. Um, and so that's where we are today.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you for sharing that background and, and I'll be excited to read your book. I love, I've read, uh, I think all of, uh, Mike Michalo- McCallowicks' books. So uh I'm enthused that you're you're doing that together. So that that'll be wonderful. Um well this is a great point for us just to transition into asking you the same four questions we ask every guest before they go. And the first question is have you had a miss or two in your career and something you learned from it?
1: Yeah. So um I my hiring strategy, sorry, I should have saved that for, for this question. Um, so, my hiring strategy at the beginning, you know, my my miss was hiring people younger than me, um, having no process, no system, no objectivity for, you know, really assessing talent. Um, that was that was my big miss. Uh, absolutely. Um, so,
0: perfect. Well, and now we have the all in company and the 11 traits and the five star employee process and program. So, we have that, you know, a, a- that loss or that miss to, to turn into this. I love it. Well, let's talk about a make or two that you've shared some great ones already. Are there others you'd like to add into the mix?
1: Oh my goodness. So, um, I would say, uh, the make that I have is that, uh, I, I think I have the best job going, um, and I have the best job going because, Uh I'm not working in the business, I'm working on the business. And my job each day is to um make sure everyone, you know, whichever company it is in the daily vitamin C meeting, but I my job is to elevate their state and to make sure that they are coming in and starting their day feeling appreciated, feeling like they're making a difference. And that all happens in, in the vitamin C meeting. So, um, you know, like my job is to make sure that my employees love what they do and, um, and find purpose and and appreciation in what they do. And so it's like, I mean, I was a cheerleader in high school and I'm a cheerleader, you know, in 20, 30 years later.
0: Perfect. Yeah. Sometimes uh, as the leader of the organization, it's the kind of the chief cheerleader sometimes, right? It's just a champion cheering on your, your champions that are making it happen for you. Exactly. Yeah. Well, let's talk about this idea of a multiplier. It's turned into probably my favorite question. We ask our guests because we get such a broad cross-section of answers. Have you used a multiplier or two to help you grow personally or professionally?
1: Yeah, so I mean, I would say it's two things. I would say it's it's definitely a implementing profit first in in our businesses um, that has helped us just really you know multiply our profitability, multiply our growth. Um, it, it's it's just been a tremendous from a cash management standpoint. Um, and then you know the other multiplier is never settling for less than five star employees because you know I I, I find that. Um, if I can, if I hire five-star employees, I'm hiring someone that could do the job better than me. So why would I do the job? I find that too many entrepreneurs, they make an abrupt hire or a quick hire, or just, you know, you've got a pulse. Okay. You can start Monday you're hired. Um, but then they get them on board and then they don't trust them. They're frustrated by them. So they're like, okay, I'll just do the work myself. And then it just becomes this like not cool thing. And so If you're having to work in your business and you're having to do everything and you're wearing all the hats and you're trying to keep all the plates spinning, well, then how are you going to multiply your business? The secret in multiplying your business is by multiplying it with five-star employees because, um, you know, they'll, you can't, you can't do it all. You only have so many hours a week. You only have so many days a week. Um, but, but if I have five, five five-star employees working for me, I'm 5 xing what I could be doing if it was just me doing the work. Does that make sense?
0: Oh yeah, it's brilliant. I love it. I love it. And you're fired up about it too. So I I like it. I think it's great, even better. Um, And the final question, Danielle, that we ask every guest is, what does success mean to you?
1: So um, success means um, that my employees are thriving and growing Um, in their positions and roles. And actually I got, um, I got a, um, an email today from an employee who works in one of our businesses. It's, we process long-term care claims and um, they are a claims examiner and they've been with us for five and a half years. They joined us straight out of college and we're the subcontractor to the prime contractor um, on this, uh, contract with the state of California. And, um, and, and this person got a promotion on the prime contractor side. And so, you know, she, she wrote me and she's like, you know, thank you so much. And this, that, the other, and, you know, I mean, I've lost an amazing, like rock star of a claims examiner who's been with us for five and a half years. And, um, I, and, and I said, well, let's not, cause she titled it resignation. I said, let's not call it resignation. Let's call this transitioning to alumni status. And um, and I said I am so happy and so thrilled for you that you are stepping outside of your comfort zone of being, you know, a, a rockstar claims examiner and progressing in your professional career. So you know, kudos to you. It, like to me, when 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 a client or uh, when a when when a partner wants one of my employees, that to me. Is 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 a is a mark of success because you know we're kind of limited. Like she can't really grow with us in that claims exam business because our portion of the contract is is to do X Y Z and she's capable of doing A B C D E F G and X Y Z. So her opportunities are 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 on the prime contractor side. So that that's an example of of a, of a mark of success.
0: Oh, that's a great story. Thank you, and I love the concept of alumni. Right, it's so uh, great people. When you have is to to tie this all into the interview here, these five star employees, if they're five star employees, generally if they leave, they're most likely they're going to go somewhere else at some point in their throughout their career, because um, uh, others will recognize five star employees as well. But I love this idea of alumni and leaving the door open, look, you're, you're, we would welcome you back if if the opportunity presents itself. So I, I, I think that's brilliant.
1: Great. Well, thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah. Well, Danielle, as, as we draw this to a close, is there anything you were maybe hoping to share or get across that you haven't had a chance to yet?
1: Uh, you know what? I don't think I closed the loop on the five-star employee rating system. Um, and, and I kind of dropped the ball there. So when we were talking about, you know, Mike and I, and, and where we found that, businesses with 10 or more employees and a million dollars more in real revenue were struggling with profitability. It was, you know, in their payroll and having too many one, two, and three star employees. And so another one of the criteria in the five-star employee rating system is making sure that your employees are 3xing their salaries. So you want to make sure that your employees are having a 3x impact um, on their on their salary, ideally a 4X, but minimum a 3x. And then the fifth quality or excuse me, the fifth criteria in the five-star employee rating system is making sure that the employee is meeting their success metrics. So you want to boil down like formal HR compliant job description, but in a job posting, you want to whittle it down to the three to five key responsibilities. Those key responsibilities, no matter what the role is, should be about driving revenue and driving profitability so um, and and then you want to have success metrics associated with each of those key responsibilities. And you absolutely need to quantify what success in the role looks like. You need to put a number to it, you need to put a dollar sign to it. So, um, you know, like for our claims examiners, um, they need to uh, you know, process claims with 98% financial accuracy, 95% procedural accuracy, and they need to process on average, 42 claims a day. It's very clear what success looks like at the role. We've given you the accuracy metrics, and we've given you the number of claims per day. And so from the get-go, from that job posting, we are very, very clear. What's kind of cool about that is it attracts the people who like to gamify their jobs. It attracts the five-star candidates, and it sort of repels the people that don't want to be held accountable. So uh, it, it kills two birds with one stone there.
0: Well, I, I love that. And um, what's the website again for them to uh, look for your guide and go secure that if they don't type the text, which was you text, uh, what what was the uh, word sure. again?
1: You text never settle, mm-hmm. all one word, never settle. And you text that to 411 Or you can go to uh, theallincompany.com and, um, and and access that uh, How to Hire Five-Star Employees guide.
0: Danielle, thank you so much for a fantastic interview. And let's go ahead and jump into today's three key takeaways. So takeaway number one is when she talked about five-star employees are the top 15% of available people or employees that exist. So that means on average... For every 21 applicants that apply for a job posting that you have, three of those on average should be top candidates. So that means you get to 21 applicants, you should have three five-star employees in that bunch. Takeaway number two is when you are working with one-star, two-star, or three-star employees, your payroll is most likely going to be double than if those were five-star employees. And the reason is that you are going to need most likely two one two or three star employees for every five star employee you have, and takeaway number three was when she shared in some of her closing comments when she talked about making sure that each employee you have is three xing their salary in terms of revenue or value add to the company. And she said, ways you can make sure that you're doing this is to make sure that the employees are hitting their success metrics and putting those success metrics in the job description that you're using for recruiting new talent because new, new potential hires will see that. And the five-star employees love gamification. I thought that was a great takeaway. And now it's time for today's win-win. So today's win-win is really all about the five-star employee rating system and how she – Danielle talked about 11 traits that make up this five-star employee rating system, and she offers a free guide for you to download. And I I liked her three key things to look for. One was a green light, as she described it, which was to learn – Does that employee like to learn or willing to learn an interest in learning? And then the red flags or red lights that she talked about, there were two of those that she made mention of highlighting. And number one is limber, is that employee being willing to zig when the company zigs and zags when the company zags? I really like that description. And do they listen? Is this someone who listens, who comprehends, who uses all of their senses in working with the company? I thought those were great takeaways, and uh, I certainly encourage and recommend you download our free guide. Uh, no m- benefit to me or our company, but it just it's a great little tool if you're struggling in this area to help you out with that.